Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And to you listening across the world at WWL.com and the Radio.com app, welcome into the show. Had a nice day off yesterday. Watched some Tiger hoops. Tigers win again. Still undefeated in the SEC. Will Wade has his team playing really as well as LSU basketball has looked in a decade, maybe longer than that, maybe since uh, Big Baby Davis was on campus that long. Yeah, they look that good. We'll talk a little LSU hoops later in the hour. Of course, we've got a lot to get to with the Anthony Davis trade fiasco and the saga there. He left the bench early last night and all sorts of nuance to this. And now we have multiple layers to the story being added today. ESPN, they put a big expose out on everything that they know from their sources across the league, what they're saying, not only in the Pelicans front office, but in Boston, in L.A. We'll get to that. And the Lakers apparently offering anybody and everybody to the Pelicans right now, plus draft picks for Anthony Davis. But why I believe they still should wait until this summer to deal Anthony Davis, and there's multiple reasons why to that. We'll get into that a little later in the show, but if you want a sneak peek of my commentary, it's just up online at WWL.com. Again, Pelicans should not wait until, or should wait until this summer to trade Anthony Davis. Again, WWL.com or the Radio.com app. So plenty of Pelicans and basketball to talk to about. But this hour, I wanted to start off talking the National Football League, Roger Goodell, and and still the, the fallout and the controversy over the NOLA no-call. In the past 24 hours or so, and we weren't on the air yesterday, so I just wanted to touch on this. What Roger Goodell said yesterday in his State of the League address, and he was asked multiple questions about the no-call, and one line of his that set the local area abuzz was this one here. And I'm going to be honest here, and I was just talking with Bobby Aberry about this off the air in the studio before I got on. I'm just giving you my honest opinion of this. And if you listen to what I said about Goodell, how he's handled the situation, how the league has handled the situation, what I've been talking about for two weeks here on this program, you know that I'm as upset about you as what transpired against the, with the Saints-Rams and the no-call and really the injustice of it all. And I'm still there. I'm as fired up as anybody about this. But when I heard that, and I heard it live, and then – when the uh, local media started going after Roger Goodell about that quote saying it wasn't true, he hadn't talked to any players, I went back and listened to that multiple times, and I came away with it, and I'm being completely honest with you here, that he didn't mean he talked to the players. He talked to Sean Payton, then he says the team, the players, he understands why they're mad. Now, you're doing a live press conference, the 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 grammar and the, the you know, punctuation while you talk sometimes isn't already there I honestly this is my honest opinion here I do not think Roger Goodell stepped up to that podium and lied I thought maybe his words were jumbled a little bit but it's clear as day to me when you lay out that quote that he says he talked to Sean Payton and 
he understands why the team and the players are upset about that. I'll just have you listen to it again here. Logan, play it one more time. Yeah, he, he starts the quote by saying he understands the frustration of the fans. And look, I understand Roger Goodell is a very common punching bag down here, persona non grata, and I've had my own issues with him. And we can run down the list here. We'd have to spend more than the three hours of the show to do that on things that I think that he's done wrong and how he's handled certain many situations, especially involving this franchise down here. But I thought this was a lot to do to be honest about nothing. Now, everybody can have their own opinion on it. I mean, this is a quote. He came out and said uh, today, basically, in a statement, what I said, that, that that's what he meant, and that's what I always thought he meant. Steve Court's going to come on the program in just a little bit, but we'll open it up for phone calls here. If you want to talk about Goodell and the no call and, and what we're witnessing now, still the fallout of this, and, and more people coming out in the league offices saying, um, not the league offices, let me rephrase. More people coming out, anonymous sources on the competition committee across the league saying they don't expect any major changes to be made to the replay system or the pass interference rules in the offseason, which I've been telling you for the last week and a half. That's not going to happen. When you have John Elway and Stephen Jones and multiple unnamed sources, all of them on the competition committee saying status quo is okay, well, status quo, it's not okay, but it's probably going to happen because you've got these Stone Age era relics running the league and most of them are on that competition committee and it's unfortunate but that's the reality so 504-260-1870 if you want to hop on in that's area code 504-260-1870 our text line is 870-870 we'll start it off tonight with glenn in houston glenn welcome to the program hey thank you for letting me out of the bottle i've i've been trapped since about seven o'clock <laughs> no and, problem uh, glenn what's up the, the, the green room the paint's coming off the walls <laughs> and i think there's a there's a skeleton over there in the corner yeah we got a good spread in there phone. you know open bar good spread <laughs> in the the phone line green room there glenn <laughs> um i gotta wait and it's a small chance but i i wonder um based on the comments that i've heard in the last 48 hours with Goodell and the ruling being, oh, well, the fans can't uh, be a part. I'd like to know who can be a part of enacting that rule that Goodell should should have issued from the from the get go. Uh, and and one of the people I would assume would be uh, able to speak, so that he could act enact that rule would be one of the refs. So, well, I, I, what rule are you referencing here? Well, Goodell said he couldn't enact the rule. Article seventeen. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I think that's that's the one, and uh, because uh, and and it, it didn't apply to the situation. Uh, the, the players, of course, they've been banned. They can't say anything about it. The the judge ruled today that the the NFL season ticket holders can't do anything about it. So the question becomes: Who can? Who who is able to speak up uh, to Mr. Goodell so that he he can ha- be empowered? If it were to enact the rule, well, let me let me not, let's go let's go get one of those refs and pay him fifty thousand bucks and let him you know he's not going to make that much co- uh, referee in NFL games. <laughs> well, let me try to answer your question here, Glenn, and I'm not sure it's going to answer your question. I think it will though. If you're talking about Article 17 and why he didn't use those powers, the Article 17 was never meant for the commissioner to overturn judgment calls on the field by officials. Again, this was put in after the earthquake. Um, baseball World Series earthquake in San Francisco just in case there's ever a natural disaster God forbid a terrorist attack something major like that where the commissioner could say okay we got to replay or uh, play it on from that point I don't want and again this is my opinion 
I think it's opinion as football fans, as sports fans, we should all share regardless of what happened a couple of weeks ago now. We should not want the commissioner of the NFL, whether that's Roger Goodell or whoever succeeds him in the future, to be able to, on a whim with their executive power, to overturn a call on the field and either make the teams replay the game or replay it from that point. That is a rabbit hole that I don't want to go into. It is just not. So why couldn't he do it? Well, technically he can. Why didn't he do it? He didn't want to set the precedent, and it's a precedent, frankly, that I don't want him to set. I think that would be extremely bad news for small markets, to be honest. Let's go to Mike in Moss Point. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I tell you, as, as a really long-time Saints fan, I grew up with a life-size picture of Archie Manning on my wall. And, you know, I've, I've lived through the Saints years when, when we could be counted on a finding a way to lose a lot of big games, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. But it's, it's the whole perspective of having lost a game like Minnesota last year versus having it stolen. If you lose your watch, you're not too upset. If you know somebody stole it, you know, it just damn near pisses you off for a long time. Yeah. No, Mike, that's a, gr- that's a great point. That's what I've been talking about in the last two weeks. I know some of the players have echoed that. Cam Jordan, Drew Brees has said the same thing, that last year was in your control. That was an unfortunate situation with Marcus Williams in the back end of that defense. But this was completely out of the Saints players' control. It's absurd. It is completely uh, really unprecedented in that spot as far as NFL officiating is concerned we've never seen something like that in that spot and I believe there needs to be protections to make sure that doesn't happen again starting with with all the technology we have a reevaluation of the NFL replay rules I do not understand why Stephen Jones or John Elway or anybody in in the NFL wouldn't want to use technology to better our uh, the officiating we see it boggles my mind I'm talking about that for a while here. We'll take a break. When we come back, Steve Quartz going to join us. My partner on Saints fans' first take on game days and former Saints offensive lineman. He'll give us his perspective of all this coming up next here on The Last Lap. Super Bowl just a few days away. Most people here, though, it's boycott bowl time. I would say the vast majority of the city will not be watching Rams-Patriots on Sunday. I'm really curious to see what the ratings are going to look like on Monday when those come out. And and to talk about the no-call and Roger Goodell and everything Saints here is my buddy Steve Quartz, my co-host on Saints fans' first take on game days and also former Saints offensive lineman. And, and Steve, I haven't really got to talk to you since that moment, man. How you been hanging in there? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, just I guess most like everybody else, just completely disappointed about the whole scenario and uh, – um, realized that really uh, as many efforts as you put behind it, that they're futile, uh, especially when you got somebody at the helm like Goodell that really uh, I think is in over his skis. Hey, I mean, he's way in over his skis. I think most people in the NFL are yeah. in over their skis. Uh, Steve, I'm going to start with this. Yeah. When you hear guys like John Elway and Stephen Jones and really a lot of people inside the NFL – insinuating or flat out saying that the status quo with officiating and replay is okay. What do you think? (laughs) It's not, (laughs) obviously it's not Look, we're all trying to get it right. And at the same time, you have the technology to get it done the right way. uh, But you refuse to do that. And they say, well, well, you can't do this on a judgment call. 
But you know what, Seth, if you really want to break it down and look at semantics-wise, every single one of the calls they make is a judgment call, okay? So, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that, and I, and I know that, that look, um, there was probably, I'm just guessing, maybe 300 million people that saw that game. I'm just speculating. I don't know how many actually saw it, but uh, the seven guys that were paid and are refereeing that game and are paid – uh, to not only adjudicate but to apply the rules of the National Football League didn't do their job because that's just too uh, that's too easy to see. And look, yeah, could they call a, a penalty on every play? Eh, no, not really. Um, I guess if you wanted to get really, really specific and ticky-tacky with it, maybe so. But at the same time, we're not talking about something like that. We're talking about some sort of blatant, um, game-changing type of a play. Right. Completely different. No, completely different. So what would you do, you know, if I gave you executive powers here to change? Is it as simple as making those plays reviewable or or what have you kind of formulated here over the last week and a half, Steve? No, I think that what I would do is I would certainly I know that they watch every single play of every single game in New York City. I know they do that. Yep. And in doing so, they should have a room for referees in New York City that are specifically there to look for those types of injustices, I guess, and where I can come up with something that's completely blatant and, and it just sort of flies in the face of reality and say, look, uh, you need to buzz down to that referee in this game and you need to tell him, look, we got to have a little chat because somebody somehow missed something that was completely blatant. There was 17 guys on the field for that play and y'all missed it. Something like that, you know what I'm saying? And this would certainly fall into that same category. But um, th- there's got to be a better way to um, to do that. Look, we're all trying to get it right. And at the same time, if you think about it, I sort of feel bad for the Rams. And, and conversely, I sort of feel bad for the Patriots. I feel bad for the Rams because, look, deep down inside, when a man is to himself and has his own thoughts and that's all he has um, – those guys know that they didn't belong in that game. I mean, I would hate I would hate to be in a situation to where I was going to the big game and then sort of in the back of my mind, in my subconscious, I really did realize that I really didn't we did really didn't make it. We really didn't belong there. We got given something that you know that wasn't legit. And at the same time, that's bad for the Patriots because the Patriots don't get to play the team that they uh, should have played to see if they are the best in the league. Well, just deprived us, and I'm just talking about fans, whether you're here in New Orleans or in, in L.A. or Boston or Seattle or wherever it is, yeah. of, of the Brady versus Breeze Super Bowl, the culmination of these two Hall of Fame careers. Like oh, The layers gosh. of this are you just could, so you bad. Could, you could go, yeah, the layers of that, you, you said it perfectly. You could go on and on and on about the certain, you know, different matchups and things like that that would have been just, uh, you know, would have been just really sort of great TV, you know, no, no question, and obviously great sports, but but they missed that opportunity, and um, and and they missed it in such a way that makes you almost feel like um, you know I never want to say that the NFL was on the take for anything as far as fixing games or anything like that. I certainly know you know people are influenced, but at the same time, if you didn't ever think that, this kind of behavior makes you certainly think about it, and that's the bad part because then you undermine the integrity of everything. And now it's sort of, it cheapens the product. 
Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman here on the last lap. And, and Steve, as we try, and I know it's going to be hard, we're going to be talking about this for a yeah. while the next uh, few months leading up to the combine, sure. the draft, free agency, but as we try to look forward to next season. You know, I was on student shows in, in Chicago and New York this week, and both hosts asked me, hey, is the Saints should be back in the same spot next year. And I answered really frankly, and I said, well, I don't know if you can necessarily just say that because they don't have a first or third round pick. Some of these guys are getting older. Drew Brees didn't look as great towards the second half of the year. Do you think this was their best chance to win a Super Bowl or they'll be back next year? Well, look, you take those chances when they come. I Look, Seth, I played on some pretty good teams, but um, I never even got to even sniff a Super Bowl. You know, so, you know, the fact that you have this really sort of sitting at your doorstep and really uh, – did we play great in that game? No, not really. But you know what? We played well enough with the time. There was a lot on the clock during the game to pretty much put it out of touch and, and to pretty much win that game. And that's the part that's the most disappointing because had things gone to plan, it's not like, you know, Breeze was going to have to get the ball with two minutes left and go 80 yards or something crazy. This was simply sort of, okay, line it up in the middle here and let's see we run much time off the clock here and then kicked a field goal, and what does that leave the Rams with? About maybe, I don't know, 15 seconds? Yeah, if you that, know, if that, like max. Right. Yeah, maybe eight, maybe eight seconds, something something like that. But that's really disappointing when it comes down to that, and everybody that knows anything about football knows that. So that's the problem that I have, <laughs> big problem. <laughs> you going to be <laughs> so watching on Sunday, man? Yeah. Uh, you know, I know it's I know it's supposed to be kind of a rainy day. At least that's what the forecast says. So, you know, I, I'm sure I'll go catch a workout, and I'm sure that I'll spend most of my time with my wife doing stuff, and I enjoy that anyway. So, uh, you know, if if I end up watching some of it in the afternoon, maybe and it's probably because I'm taking a nap and it's raining or something. <laughs> because other than that, I I really I really don't have that much interest in it. I, it's sorry mm-hmm. to say that, but. Um, and look, that, that's the other part that makes me feel bad because look, look, I usually like sort of taking that in. That's the, the Super Bowl Sunday has become sort of a national holiday, you know, and, um, and it's a shame that, that you feel that bad about it that it really doesn't make you want to watch it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you there. It'll be on in the background. i got a big party planned, but we're going to be gaming yeah, and go. hanging out, and uh, it'll be on for anybody who wants to watch it. But I'm, I'm joining my fellow Hoodats in the boycott. Uh, uh, Steve, look, they also robbed yep. us of being right with our 23 of 23 uh, call, you know, uh, shows uh, well, here. You know so. what? No, I don't, I don't take that. I don't accept that. I think <laughs> we would have been right. You know, I know we would have been yeah. right. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's a whole lot of things that they took from a lot of people, so. Yeah, you're right. I know. Uh, Steve Cord, former Saints offensive lineman. Uh, look, we'll talk to you in the offseason, buddy. Thanks so much. You're bad, buddy. All right. Steve Court, back in flash. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from Ralph Michaels, our exceptional handicapper out in Las Vegas. We heard from him on Monday, but a lot, and this was in the 10 o'clock hour, so there's a lot of our audience who's tuning in early. I know if you are or even aren't watching the game, you might want to make some prop bets on this. This is if you are a sports better, even if you're just a casual sports better that bets only during the Super Bowl. Look, let's be honest here. This is the week where you get a chance to have a lot of fun and make some silly bets and uh, uh, play along here. And I already have. I told you earlier this week, I went out to the Gulf Coast, placed a couple of prop bets, and yes. I'm still sticking to my game day boycott. I will not be watching the tube. I'm with y'all. I called for it. I'm going to be a man of my word here. Um, we'll watch replay and highlights and, and prepare for the show next Monday, but I'm with y'all. Uh, boycotting it here in the city. 
make him take notice with those ratings at least a little bit. Ralph coming up in just a minute or so, but let's get to a call. Peter and Kenner, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth, how's it going? Oh, yeah, good. Peter, what's up? Uh, I just had a question for you. So uh, I'm not clear on the rule, and I couldn't find anything specifically in the NFL rule book, but I had read somewhere that if uh, that since it was a defensive penalty with the pass interference, that the clock would have run immediately when the refs spotted the ball. Do you know if that's the case no. or not? No, that's not true. I don't know who wrote that. That's that's not true. That's a, that's a spot foul. The clock would stop. Gotcha. Okay, so fake news. All right. So, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, as far as the commissioner goes and all that kind of stuff, I'm convinced he's either a uh, – He's either a robot or he is a sociopath because he lacks all emotion. Uh, he lacks all feeling, apparently, you know, and he just, uh, uh, I don't know, piece of work. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't even want to think about it anymore. Well, Peter, I think most of us in the city, we have I don't know what stage of grief we're in. Maybe we're to stage six or seven now as we move past it. Um, I'll say this about Roger Goodell. He's definitely a corporate suit. Um, he's from a privileged family, grew up in a privileged background. He's been involved with the NFL for decades, so he is the ultimate corporate suit, and he only cares. And these are his words about protecting the shield. That's what he's done here. One more, Mrs. Wilson or Ms. Wilson, welcome to the show. Hi, Seth. Thank you for taking this call. You bet. Um, a little old lady who's lived in New Orleans all her life from 70, loved football, graduated from LSU, but, no, I feel now that the NFL has definitely tainted football totally. And Roger Goodell, he might be corporate, but they definitely have a scheme out of L- L.A. They're interested in their um, new stadium. They're no more interested in um, the Saints. And my big thing is that I heard on Noel Norman's show the other morning when I was going to work, that um, a lady who was, her husband were going up the escalator and saw the two coaches coming out with three refs. Now, why that didn't get anybody's interest? Wait, where, where did you see it? On the tunnel? Is that what you're talking about? The tunnel of the game? I don't know if she was on the tunnel. She said she was going up the escalator to her, where her, her um, seats were, uh-huh. and she saw the two Rams coaches yeah. coming out of well, let the room. Me, sure, sure, sure. And I, I've, I've heard, I've heard this before. Let me, let me, first of all, if you're tired of, of the nonsense here, I think we all are. So we get you there. We, we feel your pain. Ms. Wilson, I'm with you there. As far as Rams coaches talking with officials, that, that is completely appropriate. And I really mean that Sean Payton and his coaches, sometimes when they're in the tunnel together or down on the sidelines together, you'll see saints coaches talking with officials i remember one instance john perry who's the head official the white cap in the super bowl there was a pretty funny instance when he and and sean payton were yucking it up laughing on the sidelines together right before a game when he did a game so i don't have a problem with that they have rules questions maybe they have points of emphasis questions or hey these guys see each other multiple times throughout the season that might be just saying something as simple as you know how's your family how's your wife how's your kids i don't have a problem with that i don't think that means anything nefarious Let's go to Henry in New Orleans. Henry, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Hey, Henry. How's it going? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm upset about the comment that uh, Roger Goodell made earlier. It just, for him to say that, you know, it, the, it, the game has a human element to it. And, you know, I mean, he just made it, you know, an excuse. I mean, could you imagine if a guy clearly, you know, misses the ball? And the ref said that he 
called it. I mean, do 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 he do we use that as an excuse uh, where the human element, you know, came into play and he <laughs> thought the guy called it? So it's well, the difference is, Henry, you'd be able to review the catch no catch rule because that's reviewable. I'm able to review the pass interference call, so it's unfortunate. So, but you're right to your point, Henry. You're right that that wouldn't be an excuse. This this isn't an excuse. I mean, he did say to start off the press conference, or I guess the first time he was asked about it, Henry. Roger Goodell I'm talking about, he said that's a play that should have been called. And all the reports that we've heard when he talked to Sean Payton, he said the same thing. That was a play that should have been called. He can't believe it wasn't called. One more here. Thanks for the call, Henry. Uptown Ruler, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I don't think Roger Goodell has a clue, okay? Because if he had a clue, he would not be saying the things he's saying. You know, uh, he said that the call should have been called. Well, the thing is, if they had a referee up top, they would have dropped the flag, and it would have been called. But what do you? What do you? He doesn't have. A, I understand. It's bash Roger Goodell day. I'm letting people bash him. I'm just because he's the figure and he's the face of the league. I kind of get it, right? But what do you mean he doesn't have a clue? Like I don't think those two things well, he, correlate. What you just said. To me, I don't think he has a clue of what he's saying because he said he met with. Sean Payton, which is true. He said he met with the team, which is not true. Yeah, but if you look at the transcripts of what he said, and and I believe this, and if you just listen to it, like this is my opinion, I don't think he started off that the answer to this question by saying he feels the fans' frustration and then said he talked to Sean Payton. What I took out of that was he also feels the team and the players' frustration about the whole situation. I mean, that's just what I thought, like – you can think whatever you want. I'm just telling you what I thought. And apparently Bobby Bear agrees with me here. So Bobby Bear and I are on the same page about that. All right, we got to take a break here. We're going to come back. Ralph Michaels of wagertalk.com will come on in. And then Logan, who's in master control, he's got to make his pick six. A couple of games behind Tim, one a game ahead of me. So we'll have a little fun with this. Ralph Michaels with all of your sports betting information, prop bets, information on the Super Bowl coming up here after this. All right, welcome back to the show. As promised, Ralph Michaels, I sat down with him. He's our handicapper at wagertalk.com out in Las Vegas. There has not been a better handicapper handicapping the NFL this entire season. He has been exceptional. So if you want more information on what's going to happen on Sunday, inside, inside, if you're thinking about going over to Mississippi, maybe having some fun, placing a prop bet or a sports bet, look, you got to pay attention here. Here's Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter. Again, of wagertalk.com. All right, that was Ralph Michaels. Again, earlier this week, our sit-down with him at Cal Sports LV. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Logan's got to make his pick six as he tries to catch up to Tim and stay ahead of me. We'll do that next. You can play along as well at 870-870 on the text line. Pick six next. All right, time to get to pick six quickly. Uh, Logan, you got to make some picks here as you're a couple of games behind Tim Zimmer. First up... We've got the Rams, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. It's Patriots minus two-and-a-half in this game. Who you got? All right, you got the rest of the – you're going to take the Patriots. All right, you've got the rest of the prop bets. I don't have them in front of me, so you're going to have to read off while you're picking her. Over, under. Okay, you're with Tim on that one. All right. All right, you're with me. Tim has over. You have, uh, I have under. Okay. We 
We were Tim there. Uh, full disclosure here, some of what I took, or not necessarily what I think, but I've got some ground to make up on Tim, so I was fading him pretty hard there. So Tim's in the driver's seat, three games up on Logan, two games up on me. Uh, you can text us at 87870. Where would you go with some of those prop bets? we got to take a quick break for news. Uh, just full disclosure, no Facebook Live uh, today at 9 o'clock. So we got a little bit of a break, um, six, seven minutes or so. And then we're back. Tyler Nunez of TigerAg.com will come in and talk about LSU's win yesterday. And then we'll transition to a lot of NBA talk, a lot of Anthony Davis talk. As now multiple reports saying the Los Angeles Lakers ready to sell the farm now. Send anybody but LeBron James to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis before the deadline. But what I think and why I think they shouldn't comply and they should wait to the summer to trade AD. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.